Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3 and look at our main text here. Just want to share a few things with you. Just a couple of thoughts. I posted this uh, on our social medias uh, last week. But God is, God's love does not pick sides in the redemption of humanity. And this is something that we have to understand. We're in this series on forgiveness, and we need to understand this. Uh, it's something that the Holy Spirit had said to me last Thursday. God's love does not pick sides in the redemption of humanity. Now, humanity in and of itself is constantly trying to get us to fight with one another. How many know that the spirit of this world is, is pushing toward destruction, okay? It just is. And as Christians, we have to be very careful that we don't engage into that spirit and allow it to move through us, especially amongst one another, but we have to keep our eyes open. Do you know the enemy gets a win against the church, If the church begins to grow cold and hard toward those who are outside and toward those who are inside. Now, what I mean by that is this. The enemy gets a win because if we allow our hearts to grow cold, we don't reach out to others in the love of God to help them see redemption. Well, the other side of it is true too. If the enemy can get you and me to fight with each other, He gets a win as well because that will automatically darken or uh, bring a coldness to our understanding and our fervency for the Lord, and it works in conjunction to stopping evangelism. Does that make sense? So we have to be aware of that. We have to be aware that the spirit of Antichrist is operating at a high level 24-7 working to get your fervency for the Lord and your understanding of who he is and your relationship to him into a place of coldness, deadness, where you're no longer burning on fire for the Lord, but you have little embers of red down in the, how many have had a good bonfire before and you get all the way, you quit putting fuel on it. Forgiveness and the love of God puts dry wood on the fire of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And we need to be aware of that because especially for those who believe in righteousness, who stand for righteousness, we need to understand that in that stand for righteousness, that doesn't mean we turn into legalists and we start thinking we didn't need a redeemer. We're now the judge. This is a dangerous place that the spirit of religion, if the enemy cannot get you to reject Christ, he'll push you to extremes in Christ. And what I mean by that is simply this. He, I'm not saying that there are extremes in Christ. He'll push you into religious ideologies that Jesus never uh, put his stamp of approval on. They aren't found in his word. So, If my heart is not redemptive in every situation, that doesn't mean I go live with my enemy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if I know somebody, if I I allow a particular person in my life, I know it's just gonna cause total chaos, right? In my house, I'm talking about. 
then I'm not going to go and invite them and say, oh, yeah, you know, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Just tear up the place. But on the other hand, I may keep that person at a distance, but we're still in the same family, especially if they're Christians. Now, if they're lost, do you ever stop fishing? Never. Yeah, but they've gotten really bad. I know. The world's gotten really bad. I know. And what do we also know? Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But many times believers don't hold that thought in their mind. They think it's too far gone. But with God, it's never too far gone. It's never too far gone. How far is too far for the Lord to redeem you? There's only really one place, and that's is is if I absolutely reject. But everything outside of that is pardonable and forgivable. People sometimes think about it, and I think, well, what's the unforgivable sin? It's the sin that you don't receive forgiveness for. All right, come on now. What is the unforgivable sin? It's the sin that you and I refuse to receive forgiveness for. Did Jesus' blood cover every sin, cleanse everyone? What if I reject that cleansing? Is it because God didn't forgive me? It's because I didn't receive it. Okay, now apply it to you. You've got to engage that forgiveness by faith through repentance. Lord, I reject my way and I what? I accept I reject my way of thinking about this situation, Lord, and I accept your perspective for me. So what is too far? We have that video ready, right? I think we do. I have had it ready for four services, and I have not played it in three of the four, but I'm gonna hit it in this one. All right, this is just a reel that I found on Instagram, okay, is all it is. But I want you to listen uh, to, because, because there's such a sound in the spirit with this reel of redemption. The enemy, this is how, this is how absolutely nasty the enemy is. The enemy will tempt you to sin. Now, I know through free will, we engage in sin, right? It's not like he jumps on us, wrestles us to the ground, and then like, you know, uh, 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 drags us into the sin and makes us partake. He doesn't do that. He tempts us, right? Because he knows the nature of our flesh. He knows where we're strong and where we're weak. He understands these things, so he tempts us. Then we participate in the sin. And then he condemns you for what you participated in. After he tells you, this is it. Then after you do it, he comes to you and says, you worthless piece of trash. I can't believe you did this. Like, he is the ultimate serial abuser. And then after that takes place, he'll go, oh, oh, and he'll come in. He's the worst. 
He'll come in and he'll go, oh, I know you feel so bad. Here's a substance that will make you feel better. He offers something to mask the pain or to, to, to numb the pain, but never heals the sickness. And, and he keeps people in that cycle. Now, it may not, it could not be drugs. It could not be any of those things. It could be envy. It could be jealousy. It could be unforgiveness. It could be pride. It could be any of those things. And what I want you to see in this video, because we, we talked about God's redemptive heart and we looked at Genesis chapter three last week, I want you to see how God ministers to this guy. Now, I will say this. We do have children's church, so if your kids are young in here, uh, there's no cuss words or anything, but there's some words mentioned that, that you may not want to have a conversation with them about. Uh, one of them is a P word, okay? It doesn't go into detail on anything. Uh, it's P-O-R, okay, you get it. And, uh, but he doesn't go into any detail on any of it, but the words are mentioned. And I want you to hear how broken this man is inside and how God touches him with his forgiveness and his love. Okay. Never thought I could be forgiven, you know, forgive of your sins. I'm like, man, I've killed more people. I've done things that most people don't even dream of, think of. They have the bonfire and like they give you this like little post-it note. Like, hey, the things that you want to get rid of, write down what you want to get rid of. I'm putting down, I wanted my drinking to go away. I wanted my anger to go away. I want a direction on how to be a good father. I didn't want to be a slave to watching porn on the freaking internet. I wanted to be there for my family. I don't want to be absent. I wanted peace in my brain from the stuff that we went through overseas. I just want to be a better man. And I'm just like, this is stupid. It's a piece of paper, blah, blah, blah. Nothing's going to change. You know, when you're a kid, something you're not supposed to do. And you're down on yourself. And your mom or dad or family member or maybe even a close friend comes up to you and embraces you, pat you on the head and say, hey man, it's okay. It's all right. We all make mistakes. That's what God did to me. Right. Right then and there. That's what he did to me. I can feel it. So what I want you to see in that and hear in that. So here's a guy who's a mili former military guy, and he made the statement, I've killed more people than you could think of. In other words, he was, he was doing a job, right? He was in the military, he had that, but it still had a what? An impact on him. His job in the military, that wasn't sin what he was doing. You guys do realize that, right? You know, sometimes people think, yeah, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. It actually says thou shalt not murder. Biblically, there is a time to kill. Okay, well, we'll deal with that subject sometime, I guess. All right. <laughs> but you better know, I mean, you better know your Bible because there's a whole lot of demons out there that will misquote those verses and those men that are in, in uniform that are sent for defense and they are anointed by God to bear the sword. They're not in sin, but it still has an effect. 
It has an effect on them. And this is what this guy's dealing with. He is trying to cope with all of these things that he's going on, but you heard his heart. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better, I want to live a life. I need freedom. That's what he's saying. And he's at this bonfire for this Christian thing, and he's, you know, they're doing, write down what you want freedom from. How many of you have ever done that? And you throw it in the fire. I've been to too many ministry things, and it's happened. It's either that or nail it to a cross. All good things that help us give a visualization of what God is doing. But in the midst of that, here's a man who's killed people, he's lived in sin. He's got addiction issues. He's got things going on. He's absent from his kid's life. And what did God come to him with? You're right, you worthless, filthy, dirty person. You are a terrible, no. What did he come to him with? He embraced him and said, I forgive you. Now we have to see that about our father. In order for, I, I am, you know, if this whole series turns into I have to try to prove that God loves you, I'll do it. <laughs> I will do it. I am stubborn like a mule on certain things. <laughs> I just heard a yes, you are. <laughs> it wasn't you, it was Pastor Joy. <laughs> it was about, oh, it was Kathy, oh, it was Kathy, okay. Sorry, Pastor Joy. Pastor Joy knows too. <laughs> and you say, Sean, I know that. Do you? Because if you know it, your joy would be maxed. And you wouldn't even look to anything else to try to get some sort of satisfaction. You could do other things. Sure, you can do fun things, lots of fun things to do. I participate in fun things, but you're, you'd never have a down day if you, knew God, if you understood God's love the way he, you'd never have a down day, never. You wouldn't feel lost ever. And people say, yeah, but we live in a fallen world. I, I totally agree with you, but we know from scripture that you can know a truth so well that no matter how hard the world blows its storm on you, you are unmoved. People say, well, we don't need more preaching on the love of God. We need more preaching on how people shouldn't sin. People know they shouldn't be sinning. I can, I can prove it to you. If I went back into the construction world today and I went into a job site just dressed in painter whites, because that's what I did, painting and drywall, if I went into that job site and I go to the job site, you know what the number one favorite word on a construction job site is? All the guys, most some of you women probably know too. It's, it's, a, it's an adjective, I guess. It's the F word. It's like guys can't even, like read a dictionary or something, you know what I mean? Come up with a different word. Well, I don't cuss. Now, if you cuss, that doesn't mean you're unsaved if you're born again. It just means you need to get some sanctification going. No sense feeling bad about it. Just know how much God loves you and you'll quit. You'll be more holy by accident than you ever tried to be on purpose if you find out how much God loves you. 
But I walk into the job site, and, and, they, and most guys, you know, they're not trying to make enemies on job sites, right? So we, we talk, and they get to know. After a while, though, they find out I'm a preacher. Guess what quits every time they're around me? Every time. I actually appreciated the guys, for the most part, that were just themselves. And those were the ones that I found out I could minister to. In other words, what are you saying, Sean? Well, I'll just say it like this. What if I walked onto the job site with a backwards collar? In other words, dressed like a Catholic priest. And I walked in. Do you know what would happen? Everybody would get sanctified all of a sudden. Why? Because they know within them. Eternity is in the heart of every person. They know there's a God. Everybody that says they don't or that's not real, they're lying. They do. They have it within them. They're not born again, but they have that knowing within them because they came from the creator. They're not his child because they're still in rebellion, but they still came from the creator. And what is placed within you from the creator cries back to the creator. What happens is the enemy's good at confusing people up and muddling up their minds. But what do people need to know? Do I need to go in there and say, stop cussing, you little cussers? Or I'm going to call down fire from heaven and burn all your little heads. No. What did Jesus do? He went in among them and demonstrated the graciousness of God. They, you need to look at those people that you work with that are in vile situations, have vile mouths, and say vile things and say, hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? And people say, yeah, well, when they clean up their lives, God will answer their prayer. That is a lie. God will answer their prayer now because he knows if they see his love, they'll, he'll be able to get in and clean up their lives. How many of you know it's tough to gut a fish before you catch it? You gotta have some bait. And God's bait, he doesn't just throw the hook out there and go, bite it, bite it. Is that how you fish? No wonder you don't catch anything. <laughs> no, forgiveness has to be extended. How did this man in the video receive forgiveness? He was invited to an encounter with a God who already knew all the things he had done. And when God showed up at the bonfire, he didn't say, what are you doing here? Get out. He said, come on. Let's get you healed up and cleaned up. Let's get these pigsty clothes off of you. Let's get, let's get you back into a position that I had reserved for you already in Christ called sonship. <laughs> Yay. Yes, that just does my heart good. You gotta remember though, I've been studying this and preaching this for three weeks now. But mostly what I sense in my heart is some of you, you start to crack open inside your thinking, well, maybe he does kind of like me. <laughs> I, I, that sounds so strange to say because I'm, sometimes I'm, I've, I know I'm saying it to people that have been saved for 20, 30 years. 
And you were so excited about the Lord at the beginning and experienced that love, and you think God's love toward you diminished because you didn't do everything right, and that's not true. It actually has intensified. But if the enemy can keep your thinking off, he can keep your perception off, and you'll feel like, I have to go back to where I was because I don't know any other way. Well, just stay in the place of uncomfortable and by faith accept that he loves you. How many parents in here have done it perfectly? Now, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Listen, you say, Sean, do you ever feel bad for things that you didn't do right with your, with your kids? Sure. But I don't stay there. I go receive forgiveness. If I need to apologize, I apologize. And then I move forward. Yeah, well, they don't trust me. Right, you gotta earn that back with your kids. Just earn it back. Just earn it back. You say, how? Change. Well, I wanna change, I know. Fellowship with God. He'll empower you, you will change. Listen, I'm looking at people in here. I don't, Josh Cole right here. Listen, he, he had to embrace change and he did it. And where is he today compared to where he was 10 years ago? Oh my goodness. Yay. But you gotta embrace that change. And part of that is believing God loves me. And when you know how much he loves you, you'll stop being hurt by other people. I'm not saying you won't have feelings. I'm saying you won't live in offense and unforgiveness and hurt from other people. Because you'll understand what was given to you and you'll understand that you can release that and you'll understand that your identity is not in your circumstance, it's in the resurrection. Amen. God is a loving, forgiving merciful heavenly father. Now I can, sometimes the spirit of religion tries to come in and I bind it in the name of Jesus. But I'll just say this, and, and I'm used to fighting this way in the spirit, it's fine. People say, oh no, you're just the preacher, you're supposed to read something. You have no idea what's going on, some people. We're in a fight right now. If I could open your eyes, or the Lord could open your eyes in the spirit, and you could see what's going on right now, I am warring on your behalf. I've been warring in prayer and in study, and more than one people's been, people, uh, more than many people have been praying for you. And we're engaging in spiritual warfare for those not only to grow spiritually, but to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. See, preaching is not about pulpit presence. It's not about, I mean, there's some, there's some natural things that can help you in delivery of things that help with people's minds and understanding concerning natural things to help people engaged, be engaged in the message. But that's not what it's about. The ministry of the word, when it goes forth, you've got to understand it is a declaration of war in the spirit. It is a declaration of war, and that's why the gospel can be so polarizing and Jesus can be so polarizing. It's why it can stir up the darkness to such a degree that they're willing to murder the prince of light. See, I know you thought you just came for a, a good pick-me-up, but I'm in war, and not like war like, oh, oh, oh. How would you like that? 
the general in, your, in the army is like, I don't know if I could do it today, guys. <laughs> That's not how I wore. I know sometimes people think it's personal, but it ain't. That's good English. It's spiritual. I see, and when I'm praying, and what I mean by see is not open vision, but I know within me there's wars going on right now, and I am battling on your behalf in your thinking. And this truth is what sets free. But we have to embrace that truth about God. So let's just, let me help you war. Say this with me. Say, I am forgiven by God. He loves me, and there's nothing I can do about it. Guys, if God's love directed toward us was based on our performance, how did you get saved? The Bible says while we were yet enemies with God, Christ died for us. See, when you understand God's love like this, you'll look at sin and go, oh, no, no, no. You'll look at fast food and go, I got home cooked. It's that big of a drastic difference. You'll look at things that the world offers and that Satan offers and you go, oh, I see you, Satan. No, I'm not going there. He will tempt you and lay temptation before you with unforgiveness and bitterness, lusts of the flesh, all of these things. And he'll say, ooh, isn't this so good? But when your eyes are open to the reality of the spirit realm and light is ministering to you and through you, you look and go, no, devil, I see the end game there. I see where you're going. That doesn't line up with truth. And so therefore, I'm not going to engage in that. I'm not going to allow those thoughts of bitterness, unbelief, lusts of the flesh to sit within my mind. I take authority over them in the name of Jesus Christ, and I embrace truth. Whatsoever things are pure, holy, just, right, and of a good report, I meditate on these things. And I speak to the things that are of darkness in the name of Jesus according to the word of truth, and I command them they are not allowed to be in my mind. I meditate on heaven and the reality of the resurrection and the redemption that is within me. I do not meditate on things on the earth. I set my mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Amen? But you have to engage that. Well, if I could just put you, preacher, in my pocket and take you with me. I could have a string on on my back. Why do you need to take me with you? You've got Jesus in you. But I have to help you see that. It's one thing for me to know it. It's another thing for... Okay, let me ask you something, parents. Do you see things in your kids that they don't see in themselves? And you're like, see it! I love you! You're going to do great! I tell my kids all the time, they're going to do better than me. My son repeated it back to me. We went out for our men's, men's thing, and me and him meet together on the off, on the off uh, Tuesdays to go out together and then go over the men's book. And I asked him, and it came out of him. I was actually not going down this route, but it really blessed me when he said it. 
I said, what's going to happen with you? He said, I'm going to do better than you. <laughs> that wasn't even the direction I was going. I was actually kind of getting after him for something. But it doesn't matter. It's in him. If he believes it, he'll do it. And God will help him. Now, you say, what does that mean? Does he have to become a preacher like you? No. All it means is he has to do what God has called him to do. That's it. Because God is merciful and kind. He is good. He is faithful. Psalms 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good, which means gracious, joyful, and it means kindness. And it says, and ready to forgive. I love that word ready. It means poised for action. In other words, God is sitting on ready to forgive. Psalms 86, 5. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. That's Psalms 86. So God is full of gracious, joyful kindness and ready or poised for action to forgive. He is abundant in mercy, which is steadfast love and compassion. He is this way 24-7. People say, what about the wrath of God? I don't think you should be concerned about that. I think you should be more concerned about the grace of God and you'll stay far away from the wrath of God. Well, I really want to understand this wrath so I can release it on somebody. You can't. And we're all thankful that you can't. And we're all thankful God does not have a hair trigger on judgment and wrath. Because we'd all be dead. Because every one of us was worthy of death. The death that Jesus died. <laughs> Which I'm so grateful for. People say, well, I didn't do as much as you. But you did enough to deserve it. That's why Jesus took it. No sense in trying to compare it one to the other. We all sin the sin unto death. That's why Jesus died. Amen. Which is mercy and grace and forgiveness. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17 through 21. You can jot that down in your notes. I'm just going to read a portion of it. Verse 17 and verse 18, it says this. And it talks about the rebellion of Israel. It says, they refused to obey and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but they hardened their necks. And in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God. Thank God he doesn't allow our rebellion to change his character. But he says this, ready, uh, ready, you are God, ready to pardon. He's God ready to pardon. Watch this, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake the children of Israel, which means when I was rebelling, God did not forsake me. In my ignorance and in my willfulness, he did not forsake me. He will never forsake me. I can forsake him and push him off and push him off and push him off and treat him as some sort of side issue in my life or, or something like that and not respect him. But me being disrespectful will not change his respect. It won't affect his character. His character is remaining the same. He does not determine how he operates based on my performance. He determines how he operates based on who he is. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. 
He is steady faithful, steady merciful, steady righteous. Come on, all the ding-dong politicians in our nation, I said it, and they're on both sides and independence. Thank God we're not voting one day. He's just coming back and going, I'm king, no vote necessary. And we're all like, yes, get her done, Jesus. Where, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? You know, that's what I'm gonna do. God's trying to redeem them. All those politicians. You know, I wanna look at some of them and go, Lord, there's no way. Just break out the worms. Just let them eat them, Lord. Just let them eat them. That's my natural mind. God sees what Jesus did. And he goes, I did it for them. I know, I know us Christians get a little indignantly righteous because we see the wrong. But we better be careful. I'm not, saying we I'm not saying we shouldn't speak to those things. I'm doing it right now. I'm not saying we shouldn't vote for righteousness. But how many know this, that God is not taking over the earth through our vote? It's not happening. His kingdom come. That's what will change it. When he comes with an iron scepter, it'll be done. But until then, we are lights, and what is the goal? Redemption. You're telling me that God wants to redeem? Yes, name the person he wants to redeem them. Come up with the worst enemy in your mind, the most foul person that you can come up with in your own thinking or that you know about that has done all these evil things. And I tell you this, God's desire for them is that no man perish and that all come to the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. God is not willing that any man should. Is it true or not? Then it, you better pray for him. Well, they're beyond prayer. Well, I hope they don't, somebody doesn't say that about me and you. Yay. We are just, just, I think we're plowing the field crosswise. <laughs> he is abundant in mercy. Isaiah 55, verse 6. You should write this down. You should meditate these. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. How many know that's a good thing? And the righteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have, and to our God, for he will minusculely pardon, barely pardon. Uh, there's no way you're gonna be pardoned. You're lucky if you get pardoned. What is it? Abundantly pardoned. Do you know what I hear when I hear that verse? That verse I quoted earlier where sin abounds, Grace does, the scripture says, much more abound. Yeah, but the sin's getting bad, which means what? Grace is increasing at the same time. Because God desires, I'll just put it to you like this. It is a slap in the face of Jesus' blood to think that there will be a sin invented that it couldn't redeem. That was good, wasn't it, Mark? That was really good. <laughs> Come on, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. 
Is his blood capable? Is his heart of forgiveness capable? Well, they hurt me really bad, as bad as we hurt Jesus. We have to think this way, guys, because if we don't, we won't see the move of God that we are going to see. The Lord told me this a while back, years back, and I've shared it before. I was going through a difficult time in ministry, and I was mad. Anybody ever get mad before, or is it just me? All right. Be angry and sin. Okay. And I, I went in the basement to pray. I said, Lord, I'm mad about this and I'm going to bed. That was the extent of my prayer. Went back upstairs, went to bed. Woke up the next morning, started doing my devotion like I always do every morning. I'm fellowshipping with the Lord. I love my devotion time. It's better than any other time. Because I hear from God literally every day. Will you, oh, he visits you in an open vision. No, I said, I hear from God every single day. It's right here. I don't need an open vision. <clears throat> and he said to me, he said, Sean, if you quit, because I was mad, remember, I'm having a, I'm, you know, it's okay, little guy. You'll be all right. Having a moment. And uh, he said, you'll, if you quit, you'll make heaven. He said, but if you stay, you'll make heaven a part of earth. And the other day I was praying about that, and the Lord said to me, that's the mandate on this church. Not just for me. It's yours. Because if, if we're your pastors, and God told you to be here, it's the same mandate. Now, I know we have visitors, I understand that, but I'm talking about those that are a part, you've tied into the vision. That means you're called to make heaven. If we're gonna do that, we gotta walk in forgiveness and receive forgiveness. We have to. It's not an option. Well, I'm gonna move out in the boonies and build a bunker. We love you, <laughs> but I don't see where Jesus did that. He may have hid temporarily at times to keep himself from death in order to maneuver around the enemy to see more people redeemed, and that's what I do. You say, are you against, uh, you know, uh, Second Amendment rights and all those things? No, it's the law of the land. The Lord told me to obey the law of the land. It's the law of the land. Well, you know, we have the second Amend amendment for hunting. <laughs> Your mama. <laughs> you, better go you better go back and read the second amendment. It doesn't say anything about a whitetail in there. <laughs> or a bull elk or any of that. Those are the idiot, po no, no, I can't say that. All right, so those are the politicians that are listening to Luciferian lizards. And we'll work to get them redeemed, amen? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> Micah 7, verse 18. Micah chapter 7, verse 18. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity, 
and passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he what? In mercy. He delights in mercy. I love this verse. Verse 19. He will again have on us and will subdue our, you will cast all our sins into the depths. And I love what I heard one preacher say. And then he puts up a no fishing sign. Stop trying to dig up your past. The past is the past. It's gone. Move on. Well, I'm having a hard time moving on. I know it's in your head. Fellowship with the Lord and allow him to heal and transform the dysfunction in your thinking. You know, I, I, I know this. I was in a conversation with somebody a while back, one of my board members, and uh, we were talking about something. And man, they mentioned something, and something came out of my mouth. And uh, nothing was mentioned in the meeting between them, but later on the Lord said to me, why was that so quick to come out, Sean? And I thought, oh. He said, you need to get that fixed. You're allowing something to stay there that shouldn't. That's unacceptable for me. I don't know about you, but I like being healed. I like being strong. I like my prayers to flow and answer easily. Therefore, I have to keep unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt out of my life. Well, it really did hurt. God never said it didn't hurt. By the fact that we have, are called to forgive, it, by that very statement and commandment by the Lord means we're going to be what? Hurt. I'm going to make some statements here, and we're almost done. But I want to make some statements here to, to help you see this. Understanding hurt and being hurt forever, or as it's a part of your identity, there's two different things going on. If I allow a hurt that legitimately comes against me, an offense, a sin, if I allow that thing to lodge in me and become a part of my identity, I've now entered into sin of selfishness. My wife, I'm giving an example here, okay? My wife hurt me 10 years ago. And I will never forget what she did to me. I am now in sin. Now, 10 years ago, Heidi does something that hurts me. It hurt. I talked to her about it. She apologizes to me. I forgive her. Five years later, you remember that one time when we get in another argument or disagreement? I know some of you are thinking, you and Heidi never get in arguments. <laughs> uh, well, I'll put it this way. Our arguments today are much more mature than they were years ago. We're still two different people. And 
she's not always right. (laughs) 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 What is the issue? If I hold on, we get in a disagreement later and I bring up something from five years ago? Did I forgive? No. Well, I feel like it. Oh, you're human. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going quiet, 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 quiet. Shut up. (laughs) Then you let it out of your mouth. You're like, oh, there we got to fix this now. Because God's not taking me back to the things he's forgiven me for and going, Sean, remember that? I've had it with you. I've given you chance after chance after chance. Guys, think. What did Jesus do in demonstration to all the people of the earth when he was on the earth in his world? How many people did he heal? How many people did he forgive? How many people did he restore? How many people did he, he healed his very, those that were about to kill him, he healed one of their servants right before they took him to the cross. What if he would have said, I've done all this good for you and this is how you repay me? Do you see it? He's not forgiving you based on your performance. So stop making your forgiveness conditional to others based on theirs. Hey, glory. I am Colossians 3.13 to forgive others even as Christ has. Well, my ex-husband abused me. I know, and that's wrong. He shouldn't have. But you forgive him. I didn't say remarry him. Forgive him and move on and pray for his salvation. My ex-wife did, yeah, I know. Forgive them. Well, my stepdad abused, yeah, I know. It's terrible, it's sin, it's wrong. Forgive them and pray for their salvation. The enemy wants to tear us up, but we have an anecdote. It's called forgiveness. Not saying you have to let the enemy live in your house, okay? You understand what I'm saying? In fact, if if you've come out of very difficult situations like that, and uh, uh, I know sometimes... Uh, young Christians in their zeal, they're like, yeah, I got a forgiven, so I'm gonna, you know, invite him into my house and do all this stuff. No, 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 no. Just stay clear and let God work on each other separately. Will we make it to, I know the Lord told me we're gonna get back together someday. No, you don't know that. You don't know. That's not true. You just develop in your relationship with the Lord and over time, God will reveal more and more to you and he'll have you in the right place at the right time. He'll have the right person for you. 
You know, even though we're forgiven, sometimes it takes time to get us out of the mess we were in. In our thinking, in our patterns of life, how we manage our life, it just takes time. So watch this, and I end with this. God is forgiving you this whole way. He's patient with you. He's slow in in his approach towards you. I'll say it this way, and I've said it before. Joy, you can come. But I've said it before. The Lord spoke to me a while back when I was doing some work at the house, and he said to me, he said, Sean, I've never been impatient with you. That was a big deal for me. Because I can tend to be kind of a go, go, go person. Like, produce something, would you? Be useful or get out of the way. Is anybody else like that? Or is it just me? Okay. Some people are not that way. They're just like, we can, we can wait, you know, <laughs> you know, slow down. I know sometimes people, they give their hearts to the Lord. They come out of real traumatic stuff. They think, I got to go save the world. Slow down. Get strong in your understanding of who your father is to you. And out of that, the world will get saved. Be steady. Be firmly planted in the Lord. Say this with me. Say, God forgives me. He's merciful to me. He's slow to anger. He's abundant and delights in mercy toward me. Me. He's not not even mad at you. Not even a little. I know people think, they think, well, I'm pretty sure he's a little irritated. His fingernails are all the right length. You see, what does that got to do with anything? He's not biting them over you. Do you know God's not in heaven going, look at the world down there, guys, it's a mess. Somebody get me, somebody get me something to relax me. I don't know. He knows the beginning. He has spoken his word. And it will be just as he said. Come on, church. You're his kid. Rest. The glory of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the seas. The return of the king is at hand. We're in the final stages. We're in the end. And our God is faithful. Boy, do you feel that rest in here? Does that glory just, whoa. Don't you just love that? I love it when the Lord does that. I can feel it. It's coming up behind my legs. You should see it. Well, that's another. God's not mad at you. In fact, he wants to heal you. What you see as him opposite. See, the enemy's so good at painting a picture of destruction with God. He's the destroyer, destroyer Satan is. Our God is the healer and the redeemer, the fixer of the broken 
the repairer of the breach. That's who he is. The redeemer, the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. That's who he is. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.